So I was telling you about <coughs> Hebrews chapter. We're looking at Hebrews chapter three, and um, and um, I connected it to Numbers when we started this conversation. And the point was that we need to know the ways of God. You remember that? Um, we need to know the ways of God. It means that we need to find out. Aradosha. We need to find out. <laughs> We, we need to find out. We need to find out how um, how he operates. You know his ways. Are we together now? So that we can superimpose his ways against all the plans of the enemy. Are we together here? One of the things that we must be careful to take for granted or not to take for granted is the warnings of the Lord. Amen. Don't take them for you know for granted. So in Numbers chapter 20 God had an issue with them because they err in their hearts. Right? Because they what? The air in their in their hearts. Glory be to God. The air in their hearts. And the reason they air in their hearts is because they do not know, you know, his ways. Praise God. All right, good, good, good. Are we good now? All right. So Numbers chapter 20, he had issues with them because they were not, they were erring in their hearts. And the reason they err in their hearts is because they didn't know what his ways. So, when you don't know the way of God, the tendency to err in your heart is what? Is high. Are you with me? Why do people err in their heart? Because they don't know his ways. That was, that's what Hebrews chapter 3 told us. Is they err in their heart. And the reason for that is they have not known my ways. So, so your heart posture is more important to God than your external condition. Are you with me? Your heart posture is more important to God than what? Than your external condition. Now, the condition here was a condition of lack of water, right? You see, but what God is checking is not the condition. What God is checking is what? Is your heart posture. And that's why God did not only have, you see, Moses was not in the same condition as them. In the, rather, he didn't have the same response to lack of water that they had. But you see, God also had issue with Moses in this day also. 
Because according to God's way of relating with Moses also, Moses too, you know, erred in his heart. Are we together here? Even though Moses believed for water and was sure that lack of water was not enough reason for the murmuring and all of that, but God then told Moses that you should speak to the rock. And Moses struck the rock. I assume that, of course, God had issues with Moses' disobedience, but that miracle had to be simple. And speaking to the rock was a simpler way of getting water than hitting the rock. Because if God does it simple, he can judge you. The point is, God needs you to know that what you thought was a big deal was going to be solved cheaply. All your big problems will be solved how? Cheaply. And that was why God told Moses, you did not honor me. Are you with me? You didn't honor me. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you made it look like a big deal. Are we together here? But that's not even my point. Are you listening to this? The main point is that when we don't know his ways, our tendency to err is automatic. And so it becomes important for us to know his ways so that we don't err in our hearts. And there is no justification to err. No external condition is huge enough for you to err. So the question I want to ask you is that whatever situation you are facing in life now, whether you are in a, in a place of a lot of miracles or you are in a place of failures, I want to ask you one question. The way you are handling your condition, is it, are you erring in your heart or you are honoring the Lord? Because sometimes you think that solving the problem is the most important. In the eye of God, solving the problem is not the most important. The most important thing is the condition of your heart. You get my point now? So when you have an external condition, it could be a positive condition. It could be a negative condition. What God is looking at is the state of your heart. The epistle teaches that if you are in a place of marrying, what should you do? Um, praise God. Give thanks. Give me that scripture. And it says that if you are afflicted, what should you do? You pray. And in that very scripture, it's telling us the boundaries of our heart posture. Huh? Is anyone among you suffering? Now, suffering is a code that gives different responses. Amen. Amen. If you are suffering, can you tell me the things you can do? Mama? Worry? Eh? Angry? Sorrowful? Complaining? Envious? Now, so you get my point now. Now, all of these things, they are... 
It's what comprises of erring in your heart. You get the point now. Now you are getting the message. So, he now said, alright, let's now pick suffering because he knows some of you will be in a state of suffering. This was written to believers. So, your suffering is not a shocker. If, if, if believers cannot suffer, they will make room for their suffering. There is a doctrine for your suffering. Yeah. We have a revelation for the present problem you are going through. Now, in our sense that is any among you suffering? And I gave you only one response to suffering. Praying. Are you with me? Huh? Now, you cannot, all those other ones you mentioned, if you if you respond to suffering by those other things, you are in your day of rebellion. Like the children of Israel. I don't know how many of you, so you cannot calculate your amount of days you have spent in rebellion till now. How many days? How many years? 855. Now, now, if you put tongues to your worrying, eh, does it change? Because a lot of you assume that you are smart. You put tongues or you add it is well. <laughs> so what is, what is prayer? Eh? 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 Congregation between man and God. But you know, James was telling us one time that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Praise God. In the book of Philippians, it was also recorded that be anxious for nothing but with prayers and supplication and what and with thanksgiving make your request known unto God. Now that is the that is the that is the basic foundational constitution of prayers because a lot of times what you call prayer is the spiritualization of worry a lot of you what you call prayer is when you spiritualize worry oh lord is this how you will be looking at me you have not yet you have not yet prayed you spiritualized your worry Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known. Make your request known. How the blind Bartimaeus pray? He said, "Son of man, that son of David, have mercy on me." And and his, 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 his prayer point was that I might receive my sight, that I might receive my sight. When you want to pray, 
you don't talk about what you are going through. You talk about what you want. I need more income. Find the name of Jesus. I need more income. You see, the emotion of your poverty does not add value to your prayers. Oh Lord, oh Lord. Are you with me? So, there are possible... What do you want me to do for what? For you. Can you see that? Now, this was... This was somebody who was known as a blind man. When Jesus was talking to him, Jesus still knew. Jesus knows he's a blind man. And Jesus is still asking him, what do you want me to do for you? Because, you understand that? It's your mouth. Are you together with me? So, you are stressing yourself. What do you want me to what to do for you? Are we together, friends? What do you what? After today's service, I'm going to see one or two of you after this service. I have some words for you, but I, like I said earlier. They were not very, they are not very, um, so when I call you after today's service, be afraid. <laughs> I have some very strong uh, revelation. I saw some spiders and cobwebs. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but, but actually, I need to see some of you after the service. But I didn't see spiders. This is a, it's God. Just be thanking God. It's not you. Go just go and be singing Psalm. Are you with me? Dear, you will find out many things in Psalm. You thank God in Psalms. You praise God in Psalm. And in Psalm, you also find out when my enemies surrounded me to eat me to eat my flesh. You understand that the enemies are still there. It is to keep you temperate. Are we together, friends? Now, is anyone sing among you? What should he do? Let him call for what? But I've taught this severally that there's a kind of person you will be that will qualify you to call the elders. There's a way you call the elders, the elders will not. The elders will miss your call. So you have better behave yourself because not everybody can can call the elders. I'm telling you the truth. 
there is a decorum with which you have lived your life. There is a humility, a submission that you have lived your life. If you have fought all the elders, fought everybody, <laughs> there will be no elders to call. And I tell you the truth, there is power in calling the elders. That's yeah. power. When the elders come and pray for you. It says, call the elders and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will what? Will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. He's anointing us. What would the Lord do? The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be what? Forgiven. forgiven. This is the house of forgiveness. Huh? It's the house of what? Forgiveness. Of forgiveness. So you better pray that nobody offends you in this house. Because they offend you, they will be forgiven. You know? So, if you do not understand the way of God, what will happen to you? You earn your heart. So, for suffering, he has shown us his way. Glory be to God. So, I think I now picked up a, a conversation on one of And now he has millions of sons. So sometimes that which you have that you are crying that is not enough is actually the technology for harvest that was placed in your hands. Are we together here? Yes. Most assuredly, now, this is Jesus' statement. Now, when you say most assuredly, if you are a responsible person, we want to believe it is most assuredly, right? Now, talk less of when Jesus says most assuredly. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls down into the ground and dies. It what? Give me the old KJV. It is the 
Is that the same scripture? All right. I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and what? And die. It abided alone. So, so, so. So, to abide alone is not to allow what should fall to the ground and die. If you don't allow it, what should die? If you don't allow it, die. It abides alone. So one of the things the Lord began to say to me, to you know, which I have said whilst coming here is that, which I said last week is that, when you want to move to a next phase of harvest, a question you need to inquire of God, what you need to receive from God, is what needs to die. Because the new seasons are activated by death. What needs to die? Huh? Can you ask somebody what needs to die? What ask another person what needs to die? Are we together, friend? You need to find what needs to die. Sometimes it's a friendship that needs to die. The spirit will inspire you that this friendship should die. Sometimes it is food. Are we, are we here, friends? Something needs to die. Something needs to fall down and what? And die. Sometimes it's your, you know, you know for so many marriages, it's ego. Sometimes a marriage is not in harvest of joy because somebody's ego needs to what? Needs to die. So, so new seasons are perpetuated or um, um, initialized via death. Are you with me? Huh? You see why? You see because that which was alive is is the sign. Are you with me? And the legality that the old should remain. Are you with me? It's, it gives the old the legal ground for it to remain. And that's also the concept that was brought when, when God was about to release the new, the new Testament. It says that until the death of the testator, the testament is not is not in effect. It was also talking in the context of marriage relating to the New Testament and began to share. Are you together with me? Praise God. Are we here? Now that thing should be kept outside. We have a 30 minutes break after the first service. Are we together, friends? Praise God. Please avoid the movement of things in when I'm speaking, please. He said that when the woman is still bounded by, if she's still married, she can't remarry. But when the husband dies, she's no more bound by what? By that law. Are you with me? Yes, now when the husband dies, she cannot enter a new marriage. Are you together with me? Yes, that, that the 
sometimes when a thing is alive, it, it, it places legality on the, laws that, on the laws that control that season. Are you with me? You see, can I talk to you here? Yes. Let me speak financially, for example. When God is inspiring you to sow a seed sometimes, you see, it's because you are at a level that is governed by some laws. And that thing is attached by your present, what you presently have. The talk. You see, laws are connected to tokens. Can I preach to you here? Laws are connected to what? Tokens. What's tokens? Tokens are substances that are more than substances. They are the hardware for a software. And so far, the soft, the hardware is alive. It will keep attracting the software. The software is the law. That's why if you, if, you, if you bring some stones together, for example, and put oil on it regularly, that place turns to a shrine and a spirit will respond. That stone becomes the hardware that, that operates a software. Are you with me? And so, many times, God will have you to destroy or to kill or cause to death an hardware so that a software can pass. Am I preaching here? It's the same principle of laying on of hands. Yeah. When, when you lay hands, you transfer spirit. Because the, the hand, the owner of the hand has a spiritual reality that this soft, this hardware can cause that software to manifest. Are you with me? So, when God wants to release a new set of law, which I call the software, a new set of spirit over your life, it checks the hardware that is perpetuating the old season. What is the hardware that is perpetuating the old season? Then it demands for the death of that hardware so that that, because the hardware is what gives the software legality. When the hardware is gone, the software is no more legal. And um, a new blessing can now be released for a new season. That's why for sin to be taken away, man must die. Because man was the software, the hardware that perpetuated sin. So God had to bring man again. Are you together with me? In the person of Jesus. Of Nazareth. Which is the second man. Which was an exact type of the first man. Are you with me? Now, the second man is different from the last man. Yes. Because the last man is the resurrected Jesus. The second one was the one that came on earth. They put sin, to take out sin, sin must be, must be joined to its hardware. And that was the only way he could take out sin on the cross. By placing sin on him. If there was no vessel to place sin on, there's no how we take out sin. Place sin on him, took him to the cross, let's destroy him. 
If we destroy this body, we take out sin. So, the man that is in Christ now, are we together with me? There is therefore no condemnation. Because that man does no more attract that software. Are you together with me? There is therefore no condemnation to them which are what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but what? After the spirit. Are we together with me? Because this new man now operates a new spirit. Because the old man has been taken out. And that was how sin was dealt with. So if we still see the old man, we will see sin. So to take out sin, let's take out the hardware. So that's the principle for a new season. God will demand the software that perpetuates the spirit of the old and ask you to kill it. Now when you kill it, then you qualify for a new spirit to be released. That, that's my main work, which I pray I'm able to achieve it in the course of pastoring you and teaching you. You have to take joy in seeding. A lot of you, your heart has not been trained that way. You have to take joy in what? In seeding. You have to take joy in knowing what must die and killing it. Because a lot of us, we do too much wishful thinking. We wish, but we don't know what to, what to, what to take out. There's always something to take out. Are you with me? And that was, this teaching I'm teaching is the same prophecy I, I released over, over Simi. It's not a negative prophecy. You get my point? It's a season where God points something that must go. That's what I'm teaching here. You have to take joy in what? In seeding. You have to be a killer. <laughs> you must know what to kill. The next 25 minutes is going to be one of, I'm going to say words that will change your life in the next 25 minutes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, as you begin to mature with God, which you're maturing, 
is that he begins to signify to you what should, what, what should die. I don't know how true, but because the eagle has suffered in the hands of preacher, but <laughs> a lot of analogies with the eagle. eagle. When I grew up, every preacher will always use the eagle. I don't know if all those stories are real. Some will say the eagle, we look at the sun straight for, I don't know all those. But they also said the eagle, that, <laughs> that when he wants to renew his strength, that he goes to a high mountain. Is that one true? They say we'll use his, his beak to remove all its feathers. They said, oh, I'm not sure if it's true. <laughs> so if you go and Google, Google it and find out that it's not true, don't, don't say your pastor is lying. I've already put disclaimer. But it sounds like something that can be true. He uses beak to take out his feathers. But when that is done, the flight and the, the engagement at that level will not be the same engagement. Are we, am I preaching here? Yes, For the new man to come, the old man went. And listen, the old man that went was such a beautiful old man. See the Jesus that went. I mean the Jesus of Nazareth. So powerful. So, so powerful. He's so powerful that you would almost not want it to go. And some seeds are like that. Some seeds are so deceptive that they, they blind you from an unimaginable season. Yes. Oh, my God. God does not take from you to give you what is lesser. He's not going to give you lesser than what he took. Now, who could have imagined that there was something better than Isaac? God demanded of Isaac from Abraham. And guess what? He gave him something better than Isaac. Which is of the new, whole New Testament generation. All of us are children of Abraham. Now, you would never have imagined there's anything better than Isaac. But listen, if God comes for it, then something must be better. Something better is coming. Now, can I preach here? Now, what comes better? Oh my God. See, when God takes some, something from you and says, kill something, you see, what will now come, will now come, this time it will not come by, the effort, by your effort again. Because the only effort that is needed is the effort for you to kill. When the harvest is coming, it comes by the effort of the spirit. So, so God collects from you what logic can retain and gives to you what logic cannot collect, receive. So he collects what logic can retain and gives to you what is beyond your imagination. So anytime is seeding time, then there's a harvest that is on the way that is beyond your imagination. So harvest does not come to meet your desire and imagination. Harvest always blows your mind. Harvest will always blow your mind. Will always blow your mind. Now, a lot of people do not step into the harvest because they are not masters at seeding. And seeding is the only technology.
for harvest. Is the what? Only. Only. You can't come into harvest another way. Only. Can you say only? Only. It's the only technology for harvest. Can I say something else? And other times, now look at us, this is very profound. Other times, a lot of us just stay like this. Nothing, I just want you to stay. Other times, a lot of us jeopardize harvest for reward. Reward. Harvest is not the same as reward. And sometimes your seed is actually for you to let go of your reward. A lot of you are in a season over your life where your heart is pumping for reward. And God is saying, no. Let reward also die. For harvest. That's what happens to to an, uh, uh, somebody who's learned a craft under another. Sometimes you think you have learned enough and that your boss is meant to reward you. And at times you are in a season where God is saying that don't even look out for that reward. You can still sow that reward. Am I preaching here? I'm breaking to what? Harvest. You see, because reward is the fruit of labor. Which you are worthy of. But harvest is not fruit of labor. (laughs) Yeah. Harvest is not fruit of labor. Harvest is supplied by the spirit. So sometimes God would have you to drop what you deserve and let it go. Can I preach here? Because some of you, your reward was not given to you and you are still retaining the offense of it. And so far you retain the offense of it, you are not ready for harvest. Because offense of it means that you think you should be blessed at the level that you walked. And that's why he says that you have to let it die. That's the scripture. It says that except a weed, a a seed of corn falls down. That it falls down is not enough. It has to what? Die. That is to say, you lose attachment to it. So anything you sow that you still own cannot give you harvest. When you sow, don't own what you sow. If you are still emotionally attached to your seed. More as should I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and what? And dies. It remains alone. But if it dies... So it means that there is a process of falling to the ground and another process of what? Of dying. That's why there is a special emphasis of what? If it dies. Now, the gap is that sometimes it falls to the ground but it doesn't die because we still own it. And how do you own it? You own it by two ways. You own it either through offense or through desire to control. 
When you sow and think you have right to control the soil or the person you sow to, it does not die. Or you think you deserve some level of respect. Are we together here? Yes, A lot of people have wasted seeds because they don't know how to do business with seed. There is a way to do business with seed. I'll tell you the truth. Friends, if God didn't teach me this, I won't, I won't bother you. I'm, what, I, what I'm telling you is most assuredly. Just the way Jesus said it is how I'm saying it to you. I've not seen anybody who approached this and doesn't move from harvest to harvest. Harvest to harvest. And that's why you don't have to be the most brilliant. You don't have to be the, the brightest. <laughs> you just need to understand his ways. Can I take it a little further again? There are quite some furtherings I want to do. So, so it must mean that. See, even sit down here. So, sit here, here. So, it must mean that I should live not by what I have. I should always live in the hope of harvest. You see, let me tell you that. Let me tell you the reason for that. You see, because if you place your life on what you have, you will not, you, it will be more difficult for you to release it as a seed. Yes. Am I preaching here? Yes. Because you have an assumption that when it goes, you are dead. Yeah. So you must change the stage and the platform upon which you assure yourself survival. Hey. Don't assure yourself survival on the basis of what you have. Always assure yourself of survival on the basis of what is coming. Yeah. So what is coming must be your greatest motivation, yes. not what you have. Yes. When what you have is your greatest motivation, it can't go. Yes. Because a lot of you conclude on the basis of what is present. Friends, what is present is no more what, what God is doing. Yes. What is present is no longer what, what God is doing. It is what is coming. That's what God, God is doing. So you must know how to do business with what is coming. So that way you are thinking of how to drag what is coming, not how to retain what has come. So the basis of play two for a lot of people is that when it has come, they feel they are alive. No, no, no. Be motivated by what is coming, not what you have. That way... <laughs> You will have so much, but it will have hold of you. Because you are more concerned. That, so far I have it, there is more. Whatever I have means there is more. Anything I get is not it. So if I get it, it's, immediately you get it. No, it's not it. That's how to be safe and alive. Immediately you go, it's not it. Whatever I got is not it. It's no more it. No matter the desire you had for it to come. Immediately it has come. No, it's no more it. And go for the next. And so everything I have is a potential seed. God just, just inspire me. It will go because I am more motivated by what is coming than what I have. Yes, Remember the favorite story? The guy said, my band is full. Now I can rest. They say, you die tonight. You are a fool. 
That's the person that said we should not call somebody a fool. They say you are a fool. You die tonight. There are exceptions. Some people are fools. They say tonight your soul will be required of you. So your what you have should not be your greatest motivation. It's what is coming. Are you with me? What is coming? Can I hear somebody say what is coming? Say something is coming. Who will help me shout more? So everything I have is a potential seed. There's nothing I have that can't go. Nothing. Greatness is hinged on what can go, not what you have. What can go? Can it go? If it can't go, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> what, what, what can't go is your deal. What can't go is your limitation. You are never greater than what can't go. says but Jesus said but if it dies <laughs> if it dies alright so you have 25 minutes I've used 15 let me use the last 10 let me show you something in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 as regards being a master of seeds how to manage seeds Maybe we start from six, maybe. Five. Let's start from four. I love the scripture. It's the pathway of God. Now let's if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared. Which we should be ashamed as of this confident what? Boasting. Put context. Start from verse 1. Let's give, let's put context. Now concerning the ministering of the saints, it is superficial for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians. Don't forget, we're talking about seeding. Because this scripture, by the time you will finish reading to around 8-9, you will find out that the context is seeding. Are you together with me? Are you together with me? Now, now about which I boast. So, if some, if if it is not that important, the apostle will not put that term boost. Did you know what it means for Apostle Paul to boost? Because a lot of us are very spiritual. And we think this thing is not relevant that the apostle, this is, Paul says, I boast. And my boasting is that some people, they so Apostle Paul. So you can see the value of seeding. Am I preaching here? 
in the New Testament that he take a place of what? Boasting. Now, if it's not connected to spirituality, boasting will not. He says, I boast of you to Macedonians that Akecha was ready a year ago and your zeal as what has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren lest your boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready. You know, we see boasting here. We also see ready. The, the word ready is to get yourself get yourself on fire. Get yourself alert. Are you with me? Am I preaching here? See, let me tell you something about me. Let me tell you something I would do. Me, Pastor Zach. I'm, I'm going to lead a community globally that heaven will boast about. Yeah. That's me. Who would, who, would, who would be relevant in the kingdom and who would do kingdom work with alertness? Lest if Macedonians come, yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready, lest if the Macedonians come, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we should not be what ashamed of this confident word, boasting. Therefore, I, exhort, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift before what? beforehand. That is to say, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time. So, so uh, this Sidinu, see how they made a big deal around Sidin. That I want to collect a gift, but I want you guys so prepared that I've, I've taught some people, I did lesson to some people. Those who I trained, I now send them to you. They will now train you on how to prepare your gift. So it means that seeding is not casual business. Are we together here? It's not what? Casual business. Now, I'm talking finances. And you know me, one of the reasons why I try to avoid sentences like, it's not all about money. I try to have, because I see them as sentences of weak preachers. I don't want to be a weak person. It's not, it's not about money. I want to talk about money. They are talking about money here. Are you together with me? Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. But don't forget, I mentioned this seed and I spoke about reward. I spoke about many things because it's a concept that works in every area of your life and engagement. Something has to die. I told you that for marriage, ego has to die. So if you think everything I'm preaching is money, that's your cup of lifting. You get my point now? You get the point. I really, I'm, and, I, and, I, and, I say this, and I say this truthfully with every sense of arrogance that I really do not care. I tell you the truth. I'm, to, it will be difficult to make you feel I care. It's difficult to pretend. I really do not care. Because this is the word of God. And I'm 
I'm, I'm an ordained preacher of it. You don't know anything. In an, in an arrogant way, I have said that. I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift before, uh, which you have previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity. Here it is. That is the heart posture. Not just as a matter of action, but as a matter of what general. So there must be a way it must be done. Are you with me? So that's my, that's my prayer for you that you will be a master of how to see it. Not just, not just giving. Let the heart be, be tampered with. It is an evil heart. Are you with me? That struggles. The Lord will deliver you from the struggle. So can you now understand that 99% of those who are saying God has not blessed them are lying. Because if you, anything you retain, you can be greater than. They are perfect in retaining things and they are desirous of a blessing. It's strange. They are in their heart. They are in their heart. These past two weeks, all I've been doing is seeding. Not just money. Time. Everything. Seeding it. Seeding it with great privilege. With great joy. Seeding it. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to the to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand so that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not what? As a what? Grudging obligation. Not as a what? Grudging obligation. So seeding must not be done grudgingly and on the basis of what? Obligation. It means your heart has not changed. It is not an acceptable sacrifice. It's a useless one. Wow. Seeding must not be done grudgingly. Or there's grudgingliness and there's what? Obligation. Obligation. It's not, it's not obligation. So if you do it on the basis of obligation, then you have a sense of, I've done what they asked me to do. Yes, if you do it as a point of generosity, there's a lot of joy. And you are saying, Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege. You see, until you start seeing seeding as a privilege, your heart is not yet accurate. Yes. All right? But this I say, he who sows sparingly. Now, why would you ever sow sparingly? Because the heart has not yet understood it fully. You are still at the learning stage. He who so sparingly will what? Make, God will make sure that it, oh God will reap. So if the angels mistakenly bring too much. Sparingly loso. So you 
have to be brutal in your seeding. Extreme in your seeding. Yeah. Brutal and extreme. Whatever needs to die, let it die completely. Let it die completely. Let it die with honor. Privilege. Don't, don't just do it anyhow. Because he who so sparingly shall what shall reap. I was reading one of the books that changed my life a few years ago. The Full Sense of a Prophet, Jerry Saville, wrote about Copeland. Cope, I heard another preacher talk about Copeland. He said, I heard he said that Copeland has given out 29 planes. He has dashed 29, he has dashed out 29 planes. Because you are canal, you think, Oluwogon, that's your canality. Yeah. That's where you need healing. Yeah. That's, that's where you're... If I said it and you thought, man, I'm of the rich, that's your problem. <coughs> because you think that this thing is what we do. Because we are rich yeah. out of wealth. No. It's a state of heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a way of Christ. Yes, 29 planes. Jerry Savell said one time, he said the first time Copeland, are you with me, friend? Yes, Can you make the aces work um, better? It's, it's hot. He said the first time Copeland gave a play in his presence. He said, him and Copeland were praying. And then the Copeland came out, came out from his own prayer room and said, God told me to give him my play. He said, he said the man had already stretched his life, stretched his faith with the things he gives. He said, now, how can you give plain? Plain. You give somebody plain. He said he was about to say, which kind of man be this? This man wants to finish me. He said, what now finished him was that Copan now went to get another, is $100,000 to refurbish the interior of the plane. He said, because your harvest will look like your seed. Because how you sow is how you reap. If you understand this thing, you won't stress me. This thing is good for me and you. This teaching is good for me and you. Ah, Whenever I meet somebody who, who understands this thing, I envy them and, and I suspect them. I suspect them. You see, the premise of this is not only for love of harvest. But friends, love of harvest is important. See, when, see, see, when I'm teaching you something, understand that I have looked at various sides of it. Not just that. I have taught the various... See, I'm teaching from... I have said in the past, when I was a fool, that when you sow, Forget about the harvest. It's a lie. And it doesn't make logical sense. 
Because the word sow itself, the word sow itself, it's a, it's a farming word. The only reason for sowing is harvest. So you are not making any sense. When God, when, when God sends Jesus, it's harvest. He didn't just say, let's kill him. It's to bring many sons to glory. It was harvest inspired. If there was no harvest, he keep his son. But before harvest is kingdom. So there is a purpose of the kingdom, but harvest must be in view. Law for the kingdom. Are we together here? We have five more minutes. Are you ready? Can you convert this last five minutes to receive what you can receive for three hours? Are you ready for this? All right. Are you ready for this? Ready is one minute asking you, are you ready? Give me the previous verse. The one we read. So, let each one of us give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly. No, I said previous verse. I said previous. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren. I just want us to look at it again. To go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. That's how, that's how important it is. Let them train you and teach you. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Are we together here? Yes. There is thoughtfulness and spiritual creativity. When we talk of seeding, you do it with thoughts and creativity. Uh-huh. That is to prove that your heart has been adjusted. With thought and creativity. Not anyhow. Not they say. They say which. No, which kind they say. You are part of a business. Of a kingdom business. A high level conversation. And then you prepare for it. Are you with me? Yes, sir. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity. Can I preach here? You see, because when your heart has been tampered with and textured and your seeding is now flowing from generosity, what happens is that you release a spirit over the atmosphere. Now, when we seed out of just grudging obligation, there is no baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is no joy, nothing happens. Darkness is not dispelled. When seeding is done out of generosity, a kingdom atmosphere fills the room. Yeah. Because it's not about the money. It's about the spirit. Don't forget. The spirit, the glory, the power, the nature of God, the kingdom of God. You release the angels. Because we're not just trying to fulfill a law. We're flowing in the spirit. There has to be creativity. You get my point now? creativity, honor, joy, all those kind of things. When you want to seed, you seed in a creative way. Let your seeding have an imprint of the spirit on it. 
The imprint of the spirit, the presence of God, the joy of the Lord, the name of God, the, 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 the oh my goodness. And that's why when I saw how you guys, the, you guys gave out stuff last week, oh beautiful. I asked when I saw the ribbons and how, how, you, how you decorated everything, I asked, I said, who owns this? And he said, the people, just the people. Beautiful, just the people. Just the people. Just ordinary people who we know are not ordinary. That's how, that's how you seed. You seed with inspiration. You seed with glory. You seed from generosity. It must come from your spirit. Are you with me? That's how it works. That is how it is of God. That is what converts from arms. And it enters another level. Convert your seed from just arms to a demonstration of the spirit. You get the point? Yes, sir. That it may be as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. We don't have time. We don't have time. Because I tell you the truth, I do not lie. I'm just, I'm meant to say two more things. Then I will now start preaching. Yeah. 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 And I'm not trying to hype anything. I'm meant to say two more things. Then I will now start preaching. I'm just preparing you for the message. I've, I've not said one of what the message was about today. Yeah. Maybe Wednesday. Just maybe. But do you catch the spirit? Yes, Alright, let's go. Are you catching the spirit? Yes. So you can now see that when God looks at you, he doesn't look at your problem. It looks as your seed. And it's looking at what are you doing with it? <laughs> what are you doing with it? When you look at yourself, you look at your problem. And you're asking God, when are you changing my problem? And his concern is what is trouble. What's he talking about? He, he knows he's giving you seed. And he's asking, what are you doing with it? And if you say he's not giving you seed, he's going to slap you. He's going to slap you because that's an indictment on his character. Because he says, I give seed to the sower. I give seed to the sower. So if anybody says God not giving me seed, God say you are not telling the truth. I give seed to the sower. Pastor Zach, but what I have is not enough. You didn't go to school. Is that not the meaning of seed? You want to be great, but you are not great. And God puts you around great people. Is that not a seed-like? Why not just enter into service? Serve, serve beautifully. Serve wonderfully. Serve with the whole of your heart. Serve extreme. Serve with oil. Serve with joy. Serve with thanksgiving. How many, of you, how many of you have gone to thank the person that is allowing you to serve him? A lot of you are angry that the person you are serving has not thanked you. <laughs> you are wasting your effort. You are not so ready to see it. The person that, that is allowing you to serve him is more valuable. He has done you more favor. 
Because if your seed does not have soy, you boil it. That was, what, that was what Elijah came to do for that woman. She said, what I have now, I will eat it. Me and my child, and we will die. That's what happens when there is no soy. So God did not send that prophet, that the woman of Zarephath. God did not send her to Elijah to help Elijah. No, Jesus came to tell us what truly happened. He said to no widow. He said out of the widows in Israel, none of them was the prophet sent to. He says the prophet was sent to the widow of Zarephath. So it was it was the prophet sent to her. So she didn't feed the prophet. The prophet sustained her. She didn't feed the prophet. There's no prophet I'm feeding. There's no prophet I'm taking care of. All the, the, the prophets around me, two, two, no, two, two, two. I prosper because they have provided me soil. <laughs> I prosper. I prosper. Prosper. When you see the prosperity in my life, it's because I have soy. And I know how to do business with my seed. But to none of them was Elijah sent. This was Elijah that hunger wanted to destroy in the natural. But don't forget that God angels have fed this guy. This guy has eaten angels food. Quills have brought food for this guy. They stopped all of that so that this woman will not die. So when you are around a situation where something greater than you needs help, perhaps it's because of you. 